This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you. I'm here in sunshiny Texas where the sun is, in fact, shining. How are things back at the hometown, man? How are things going on in Mississippi? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad things are beautiful there for you because here, man, it's uh, it, it's it's post rain and kind of gloomy and uh, and foul. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. we had some big storms come through over the weekend and it was uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, the, the old neighborhood Bellhaven here, we, you know, got all these, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 70, 80, 90 year old trees and. Uh, man, yeah, some of them just decided they didn't want to go any further. And so they uh, knocked some power cords down and uh, we were without power for uh, for a couple of days. But man, things are things are getting back to back to normal. You know, you, you're seeing people kind of, uh, you know, pulling back out their uh, normal lifestyle and getting back to work today. So things are uh, things are OK. But it, it went through a rocky, rocky period there for a couple of days. <laughs> you, you know, it's so interesting, you know, the uh, the old Bellhaven neighborhood. Uh, you know, where th- you know, you've, I've, you and I have talked about this before, but uh, you know, where, where we used to live, where we used to live, those are like hundred year old houses that are, that are up in there. And so like all of the wiring and all the plumbing is all terrifying. A, yeah. Well, you know, it, let's just say it has a history. And, <laughs> and a nice, a nice patina, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like now talking to our neighbors, I think the house that we live in now, I think it was built in like the late seventies. And I heard somebody refer to that as old. And I was like, you think that's old? You got nothing. <laughs> yeah. You have no concept of what that is. I know it's all relative. I found rat carcasses that predate World War One in my house, you know? <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's almost true. It's, I know, right? <laughs> well, man, hey, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, glad things are going well in Houston. It's going great, man. Of course, uh, you know, you're, you're there. I'm here. And yep. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I miss you, buddy. I, I miss you. I miss you too, Bo. It's good. You know, I'm glad we have our weekly date, but uh, yeah, I miss you. Yeah, but you know, this is good and this is great and it's always good to catch up and everything. But, um, you know, I think, man... I, I think we need to get together, man. I think we need to be back in the same city. I think we need to we need to bring bring Veronica and Betty, which is an inside joke. I'm talking about the microphones from the, <laughs> from the <laughs> that we used to use, man. I think we need to get them back together. I yep. think you and me need to record the same place, the same time. What if there was a time. really special location that we could do it at? Some place mm. that means a lot to us and to our uh, to our podcast, and and maybe even more central to you know the United States, where folks could come join us. I don't know. What do you have anything Ooh. in mind? Ooh, you know what? Let me let me think about that while I'm smoking here on my corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Wait, this is too early in the show for our sponsorship. It, oh, Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> John David. Yeah. We should we should record from Missouri Meerschaum. I, I think, and I could be wrong here. No, I'm not. It's their 150th anniversary this year, right? Oh, hey, Bo, you know what? What are you doing on May 13th? That's a Monday, and it's about a month from now. Well, so see, see here's the problem with that, John David. Uh, May 13th, that's our 300th episode of Country Squire Radio. So I'm a little, you know, we, we got a show to do. Uh, Oh, but what if we did our 300th episode <gasps> at Missouri Meerschaum on May 13th? Bo, uh. <laughs> <laughs> man, we we are excited, dude. Coming to Washington, Missouri here uh, in just about a month. Uh, Country Squire Radio uh, in uh, at the Missouri Meerschaum factory celebrating their 150th anniversary and our 300th episode. Uh, man, Country Squire Radio live man, from Missouri Meerschaum. I love it when a plan comes together. So if you're in the area, or if you want to, if you've ever wanted to check out Missouri Meerschaum's headquarters, what a, what a great time to do it. We would love to do it. You know, John David, uh, I don't know about you. I've, I've never gotten the opportunity to, to tour their facility. 
And so this is a, this is a special opportunity to, uh, to really kind of see how the, uh, how the corn is made, so to speak, how no, the cobs right. come together. That's right. Me too, man. It, it'll be the first, but uh, man, of course, you know, all our dear friends up there at Missouri Mearsham, they've been such an integral part of making this show happen. And uh, we uh, believe in their stuff and have so many listeners that, uh, you know, have just great affection for them. And so we're, we're thrilled, man. We get to celebrate uh, these two, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our podcast, their venerated uh, history historic brand all in one big uh, hurrah and so we're uh we're, we're fired up man I, I can't wait to go up there and see phil and Marilyn and all, all our dear friends up there and uh, man hope to see you too yeah man may 13th don't miss out live country squire radio live from missouri mearsham it's gonna be a blast can't yep. wait to see a lot of y'all there yep yep all right man so we got a great show tonight but first we got a little uh you know housekeeping items we got to cover here of course uh you know we've mentioned it the last few episodes but we've got the pipe culture episode coming up very very quickly. Uh, this, of course, is a continuation of our series on places where we're taking a look specifically at the concept of a man cave versus the study. And there are opinions that are out there about this con- about both are, of these concepts. Are listeners uh, opinionated? What? Uh, no, right? That, that never happens. <laughs> no, man, we've already started getting these emails in. A lot of, uh, lot of thoughts. Uh, you know, I'm not saying them's fighting words or anything like that, but it, I'll, I'll just say that we've got a good, healthy discussion that's coming our way here in the very near future. And we would love for you to join it as well. So head on over to your email, write us your thoughts as it comes to the man cave, the study. Are they the same? Are they different? Do you just want to talk about one versus the other or just one? It is up to you. Let us know your thoughts. Email us show at countrysquireradio.com and we will be reading those off on our upcoming pipe culture episode continuing the places series. It's going to be a blast. I love talking about the pipe smokers safe space, you know? (laughs) It's good, man. (laughs) Hey, man, we need those. We need those from time to time. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. right. uh, Yeah, yeah, also coming up in the near future uh, here in Chicago or at the Chicago Pipe Show, which of course is at the beginning of May. Uh, I will be up there and uh, look forward to you know seeing some old friends, meeting some new ones, uh, kissing hands, shaking babies, all that uh, stuff that we do, and uh, and smoking a lot of pipes uh, there at the Mega Center um, at the Pheasant Run Resort. And so we look forward to that. But uh, man, really exciting. We mentioned last week and want to mention this week again, our, our dear friends at Briar Nation uh, Pipe and Cigar Club online. You know, they it just ridiculous, awesome group of guys. They, they make us laugh and cry and cringe and everything else all the time and we, we love everything that they do and I'm I'm glad to be a part of that community on uh on Facebook come up with this awesome idea. Jeremy and the guys there have partnered with Briarville Pipe Repair and Restoration uh, Company. What they're going to do at the Chicago show, this is on May 3rd at the pre-show, and then 4th and f- May 5th during the showtime, is they're actually doing uh, Operation Clean Smoke. It's a uh, Chicago Pipe Show fundraiser. I love this. They're supporting the Wounded Warrior Project, uh, mm-hmm. which is a uh, just an awesome nonprofit group that uh, helps veterans and their folks that have uh, put their lives their uh, their bodies, their mental health, their families, their finances, all on the line to serve our country and our way of life. And so um, this project is uh, is really great because it provides a lot of very important you know needs for these people that have sacrificed so much. And so um, it's a fundraiser for that, and we're really excited to to announce that and help them promote that. So Operation Clean Smoke, uh, you're going to be able to go by their booth at the center lobby there at the Chicago Pipe Show. You'll have to the opportunity to have your pipe cleaned. They'll actually clean. Your 
your pipe there for you. And then you can make an awesome donation or um, maybe buy some raffle tickets, do something to help them, uh, you know, participate in their effort to, to raise money and awareness for the Wounded Warrior Project. So um, really encourage you to do that. Um, please go uh, go check their stuff out. And uh, man, I, I just am looking forward to seeing those guys. Uh, when you're at Chicago, be sure to stop by, say hey, and, uh, and, and give those guys some support. Man, good to support a great cause while you're uh, having fun and uh, seeing some friends out in Chicago. Uh, man, we've, we've got some great friends that are members of, uh, of course, the uh, Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. And, uh, you know, like like a good friend, I've completely dropped the ball. Uh, this this <laughs> seems to be kind of a, a common theme from time to time. But, uh, you know, I, moving is no excuse. But over the last you know month and a half here, uh, there, uh, there's been a lot of different life changes. But I am proud to say that uh, in the coming weeks, in fact, I am making a commitment before the end of the month for those that have not yet gotten their digital club cards, or if they have been waiting for approval to get into the lounge, the uh, the exclusive Country Squire Radio Club lounge on Facebook. Uh, don't worry, that's coming. I have now I've now greased the bouncers. Everything's all good. <laughs> you know they've got the you know they, they, we got we got your names on the list, so we're going to get you through the door. And uh, the uh, the digital cards are back in manufacture <laughs> manufacture <laughs> mode. So. One way or the other, all of those are coming before the end of the month. And I will go ahead and say this. If you have not yet joined the club, if you want to make sure, like, you know, there's there's kind of this special window of time to join the club. And it's right right before, like, I do a big push to get all of these cards yeah, no, created right. and get all these approvals in and everything else. This is a really good time <laughs> to join the club. <laughs> yeah, it's always great to join the club, but especially right now, like this week, you might want to join this week. So anyway, I'm just putting that out there. You can learn more at patreon.com slash Radio. Big shout out to all of the people that are supporting us, especially our club members, and uh, especially for those new club members that are have been awaiting those. Uh, you got you got your welcome message, but you want that welcome packet. Don't worry, it's coming. Cannot wait to get that to you. And again, I am truly very sorry. In fact, <laughs> perhaps I should go and uh, confess to the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> Do nuns take confessions? Because they probably are today. <laughs> That, that's a that's a great question. I actually do not know the answer to that. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to confess to you right now. We've got an awesome, awesome topic that I am super excited to talk about. We're, we're doing almost kind of like a archi- archival is the wrong word, an archaeological look at a very special tobacco blend that has been a uh, a, a historical inspiration for some of the greatest yeah. thinkers in uh, in literature. It has had a massive impact on the pipe world historically. Whether or not you like it, if yeah, or that's have you tried it, right. is a whole other thing. Yeah, that's besides the point. You have to recognize the fact that there's a lot of impact with what we're going to be talking about this week. And of course, I'm talking about three yeah, three nuns. nuns tobacco. Of course, you know it's one of those um, you know 100 year plus uh, blends that's just been around so long, and everybody's uh, you know aware of it. Even if you haven't smoked it, you're like, oh. That's that's, uh, it's just one of those things that carries weight, right? You're like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's right up there with, uh, you know, Escudo and, uh, you know, Mac Baron, Scottish Mixture and, and some of these other tobaccos. You think about, uh, you know, Dunhill 965 and, uh, you know, just all these exquisite blends that, uh, you know, even if you haven't tried them, even if you don't like them, they're, uh, you know, everywhere to be seen and uh, on your uh, Holy Grail hit list, you know, for, for different tobaccos. And Three Nuns, we've talked about before, uh, you know, here and there on uh, Country Squire Radio and have, uh, you know, paired it up with stuff and uh, mentioned it here and there. But of course, uh, an outstanding tobacco and it, it has a, a history in its own right. And so we thought we'd kind of just lift the hood a little bit for a few minutes and talk about uh, talk about that. Um, man, just a just an interesting tobacco. You know, you look at the Three Nuns 10 and if you can envi- envision, uh, you know, just a, an incredibly simple design, it's got this, uh, you know, kind of black 
um, nowadays circular used to come in a square uh, tin, but uh, nowadays, uh, you know, black circular tin with a red band all the way around the side, uh, three nuns uh, there in the middle. And then, um, you know, of course it says uh, bells, uh, bells, three nuns. And so um, just a very simple, uh, you know, interesting concept, uh, you know, tobacco, it doesn't have a lot of uh, flair as far as the packaging or anything like that goes. But once you crack the hood a little bit, you, you understand that, you know, some tobaccos just don't really need to try as hard on that front. <laughs> and this is uh, this is one of those. So uh, dates to the 1890s. There was a, a tobacconist in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, JF, JNF Bell tobacconist, and uh, they developed uh, the Three Nuns recipe in the 1890s. You know, it, it, we're talking about a very old tobacco here, a very old brand. It was a Virginia, originally conceptualized as a Virginia Perique brand. It's, it has this uh, quote unquote curious cut, right? It's a, uh, what we call a curly cut or a, a medallion cut. It's a, it's a slice tobacco, right? One of your little coin style slices, just a Virginia Perique majesty kind of from the beginning. You know, it was uh, one of those in the early 20th century, you know, as pipe smoking was incredibly popular and very prevalent, it attracted, uh, you know, the uh, affections of you know some of our greatest writers and politicians and statesmen and things of that nature and so it was just uh, just a very high society tobacco it's always because of that been kind of an expensive tobacco too even today you know these tobaccos mm. uh, the three nuns brand I think the retail value bow for these is like you know almost twenty dollars for a two ounce tin so yeah it, it's kind of on the pricey side right but it, but it always has been and it you know anytime you buy a luxury product or pay for a luxury product you expect somewhat of a, a luxury uh, premium there, I guess you might call it. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, just one of those that has always been respected kind of from the beginning. So in the 1890s, uh, developed in Scotland, we're talking about a real honest tobacco. Of course, uh, Great Britain, it has a, you know, a very long history of uh, what I call honest tobaccos, you know, uh, tobaccos that don't have a lot of flavorings, uh, toppings, anything that the tobaccos kind of speak for themselves. And of course, that's kind of what they majored in there. Again, Virginia Perique, at the height of the popularity of uh, this particular blend, I mean, we were talking like the 1920s, probably through the 1960s, right? You've got some of the most pivotal decades in Western history there, certainly of the 20th century. And so, you know, some of the great, uh, again, statesmen and politicians, the probably the most well-known lover of this particular tobacco was uh, a, a man that you may have heard of called C.S. Lewis. Lewis oh, yeah. yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, he wrote yeah. a couple things. I, I don't know, maybe it was... He, he manufactured I, wardrobes. I, it, it was something to do like with that. wardrobes. I don't know, maybe he wrote some stuff on the side of milk cartons. Milk cartons, I can't remember. But one of those guys that, you know, as he was processing his, how do I say it, as he was, uh, you know, kind of come up with, coming up with his creative, uh, you know, impressions. I mean, he was just very uh, inspired by the everyday things around him. And one of those things was his uh, his pipe and, of course, his exquisite pipe tobacco. And so that uh, plays in. Of course, uh, Tolkien was a user of Three Nuns as well. And, uh, and you know, all throughout uh, all these guys' uh, imagery, you see uh, you know, where uh, things like this can be, uh, you know, well observed. And so uh, just a really good um, kind of overview of premium tobacco and, and those premium pipe smokers there from those days and how important this was to their inspiration and to what they what they brought to the world. So through their art, once Bell's Three Nuns got popular, kind of started, they started exporting this stuff from the UK. And so it got the li- the lineage of this stuff. I'm kind of struggling with my words today, Bo. Uh, the lineage of this stuff, <laughs> it kind of got uh, murky 
a little bit. And sometimes it does in the pipe world because there's just so many different splinters and buyouts and uh, bankruptcies and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes it does have that murkiness to it. And uh, and Three Nuns is no different in this. So uh, somewhere around 1910, the production of Three Nuns kind of splintered into into different groups. And so you had um, you had the Three Nuns that was developed there for the United Kingdom use uh, their you know sale uh, in their native country, and then they had the Three Nuns that was produced for overseas distribution. Now, why they did that, why they chose to split those things up, why they chose to send those in different directions like they did and compartmentalize the production of the stuff, I'm, I'm not uh, really sure, to be honest with you. But in general, what happened is in Glasgow, that's where they kind of centered the UK production there. And then in Liverpool, they moved the international production for uh, export to Liverpool in the United Kingdom. And so uh, that continued for a few decades. And um, and then eventually the, the the tobacco even went overseas. And so for overseas production, it moved to Orlick in the 1990s in Denmark and, and now is produced by Mac Barron in 2013. But you know, anytime a tobacco product or a food product or any, any kind of consumable product moves or something changes, people are always like, well, it just doesn't taste quite the same, right? It, it just <laughs> yeah, line in the yeah. Sun, so, I mean, yeah. it doesn't uh, doesn't taste quite this. Something's changed. They're using a different recipe or something, and and some of that is the case with Three Nuns Tobacco. Bo, have you ever tried Cadbury products like Cadbury chocolates? You know, oh yeah, the Cadbury cream egg. Isn't this like the last year for Cadbury? I don't cream know. Eggs or something? I, I hope not because they're exquisite. <laughs> no, that was the that was the uh, the the hearts the uh, the candy hearts. Oh, okay, the last one. Yeah, this was the last year that the uh, the company that makes the uh, the the ones with all the no, little messages and everything. Really? No, it's true. Uh, look, I'll say this, man. They were long overdue to go out. You know, you'd, you'd pick one up, there'd be like two letters on it because it didn't print directly on it. <laughs> well, I mean, they just recycled those things. They were all made in like 1911. We just use the same ones every year, right? That's right. Um, They've been out of manufacturing right. for quite some time. They just finally <laughs> ran out of it. The little chalk hearts. Yeah, uh, Cadbury, you know, uh, you go to, it, for those of us who have had the you know pleasure of traveling out of the uh, country, you go to, you know, places like Great Britain or even Europe and, and you eat Cadbury chocolate and it tastes different than what we can get here in America at, you know, Kroger or Safeway or wherever you shop. You know, it's got... It, it, no it does. It's a different product. And so, um, you know, and my understanding actually is that the the American distribution and manufacturing rights of Cadbury is owned by Hershey and they use more sugar in their products uh, mm-hmm. rather than milk. And so I'm not I'm not exactly sure how that works. Someone could probably educate us on that. But but the same idea, you know, is is at play here. And so, man, for some reason, when I go smoke three nuns in you know, in Liverpool, it just tastes different than when I smoke it in Kansas City or, or where. Wherever I'm at, and that's true. What? Well, so, so let me let me see if I'm following correctly. When they split it up, the UK was in Glasgow, and then it went from Liverpool to Orlick to MacBaron. Liverpool, obviously, not necessarily a company, yeah. but Liverpool. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The location. Yeah. So today, obviously, what we get here in the United States is from MacBaron. But is it true that Three Nuns, if if you were to find it in the UK, it would still be from Glasgow? Um, it, it, it's not made in Glasgow anymore, but it is made in Liverpool, and and my. Okay. Standing in also in Nottingham. Since the late uh, 2000s, it's been made uh, in England and, and is still produced there. Now, the export rights to this stuff is actually. Uh, you know, it went from British American Tobacco in Liverpool, and somewhere around 1990, they gave the rights to produce this stuff to Orlick, uh, which eventually became a Scandinavian Tobacco Group in Denmark. 
Now, you know, a lot of folks in the mid 90s, they were like, oh, it tastes a little different, but it's still great tobacco kind of thing. In 1999 or thereabouts, there was a big shift in how they were producing three nuns. And they, you know, this is a, again, we're talking about a very well esteemed, acclaimed, uh, historic Virginia Perique blend. Uh, well, w- what's the one thing you can't do uh, to a Virginia Perique blend and expect people to uh, remain calm? Uh, you cannot take out the Perique. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and of course that they decided to uh, to cut costs at the time and uh, and to play uh, the safe ball that they would uh, take out the Perique. Now you've got to no. remember the time period though, right? So late 1990s. This is before Mark Ryan had kind of come along to stabilize and then reinvigorate the Perique market, right? I mean Perique. It's it, we're talking about a very um, you know a delicate, delicately produced, uh, super niche. Uh, you know, plant and, uh, you know, market for this stuff. And so the, you know, these companies, they were trying to figure out, well, what if we can't get it anymore? It, it not only is it expensive, but it's also uh, very, you know, potential, the potential of it is to be very unreliable. And we don't even know if this, you know, uh, tobacco plant and, and processing, uh, you know, style is going to exist in 15 years. And so how are we going to, you know, protect our brand's long run in order to, um, you know, mitigate that that you know that factor. So that's when they replaced uh, somewhere in the late 1990s. They uh, we we guess 1999. They replaced the Perique in Three Nuns with a with a Dark Fire Kentucky tobacco. And so uh, you know, it, it, did it taste similar? Yeah, but obviously it, it didn't have a lot of that uh, kind of sweet uh, mustiness that comes with the Perique. Uh, leaf and and the strength was amped up a little bit with that dark fire Kentucky and um, and and it became more of a smoky blend. Yeah, and so that's the that is the um, you know tobacco that we that we know today. Now uh, for quite a while, Three Nuns was not available in the United States. If if you got it in the U.S., you had to buy it uh, you know overseas and bring it back or or have it shipped from a you know out of the country retailer or something like that. In in 2013, Mac Barron took over the manufacturing of Three Nuns and then eventually released it again in the United States. You know, a lot of folks were disappointed. They thought they would reintroduce the Perique into um, the Three Nuns formula because at that time the Perique, uh, you know, market and uh, manufacturing processes had been kind of stabilized. But that was not the case. They maintained the the recipe. And the thing is, you know, if you like uh, Virginia's and Darkfire Kentucky, like the Three Nuns recipe, it's a great tobacco. It's really good. It's just not the original the, the original blend. And so you have to keep that in mind. So out of curiosity, I mean, like if you were to, I don't know, get a hold of a time traveling yeah. device or, or basically if you were to unearth an unopened tin of yeah. three nuns, what year would it have to say on it to know that you were, you know, getting the, the original stuff? The, the well, stuff yeah. I mean, stuff. again, a, a, you know, a very complicated uh, answer to what would be a simple question, you know, anything before... 1990, when it switched manufacturing over to to Denmark, that would be your best bet. But even before 1990, the companies that were producing the three nuns, they would they would occasionally cheat, right? And so they would instead of using, you know, the old recipe called for twenty two percent perique. Well, you know, they would use like fifteen percent perique, and then they would take a certain amount of, uh, you know, other Virginia leaf, and then spray it with perique extract to to cut corners and things like that. And so, 
you know, uh, mm. y- y- just to get it to that, you know, maybe technical 22%. And so um, just to save money, even as far back as, you know, the, the 60s and 70s. And so, you know, probably you'd want to get back into that 40s and 50s kind of era tobacco to uh, to make sure you're getting the right thing. Now, even had, having said that, golly, you know, the, uh, you know, Virginia tobaccos in particular, they age so incredibly well and very rapidly. And so, you know, if you pulled out uh, you know, Virginia Perique tobacco from that time period today, obviously, uh, you know, it's probably going to taste just kind of like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going right, to be my right. next question. And so, you know, but, but if you were looking for something with the original ingredients that were as close to, uh, you know, what what the greats of old smoked, uh, it would probably be from that era. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. All right. I mean, it would taste like dirt, but if it would inspire you to, to create, you know, magical worlds and uh, you know, interdimensional wardrobes. Yeah, no, then, hey, no, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Smoke your dirt, um, man. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, in 2018, uh, kind of cool, you know, Mac Barron, they realized, man, there's a really, there's a legacy here with three nuns. It's a, uh, it's this, you know, venerated tobacco that, um, you know, people identify with. And so how do we take that, uh, you know, understanding of quality and prestige and, uh, you know, capitalize on that some. And so they, they came out, you know, Three Nuns, the, the original formula has a red band on it and it is kind of a black and red theme. What they did, they produced a Three Nuns green and a Three Nuns yellow. Uh, you know, anytime this happens, you're kind of skeptical, right? You're like, oh, well, you know, what are we rewarming over to, uh, you know, kind of make a few mm. extra sales. But what I think what Mac Barron did here was uh, produce something that was very high quality and uh, kind of falls, um, you know, in my opinion, anyway, it, within the uh, realm of, you know, what would be expected from the Three Nuns brand. And Three Nuns Green, when they came out with that, it is a Virginia Dark Fire Kentucky Perique blend. And so they reintroduced Perique into the formula, but also kept the Dark Fire Kentucky as well. And so you're kind of finding an edited, a, a modified version of maybe what the original was and what the new one is. It's not a complete throwback to the original with only Perique. It's still got that element of Dark Fire Kentucky there. Burns really clean to fine ash. It's still got the curly cut uh, medallion look to it. They're, they're kind of loose medallions. They kind of uh, flake apart in your hand real easily. You know, it helps with aging, but, you know, it also because they uh, tear apart easily makes them easy to load in your pipe and and, and things like that. And so the green blend is uh, really good. It's going to be a little stronger. The Perique is very nuanced. It's not one of your super Perique exclamation point blends. I mean, it's not going to be a, a Solani uh, yellow label tin or something like that. I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, kind of playing in the background, more of a condimental tobacco, but a great, a great tobacco. And then the yellow blend, the Three Nuns yellow blend is actually a Virginia, uh, what you might call it a Virginia Puro. You know, it's got a, uh, you know, just a nice, uh, clean um, uh, Virginia mixture, also curly cut. It's got that, uh, you know, those loose flake medallions that, um, that you come to, you know, come to love if you like those kind of tobaccos. And so, um, you know, it, it edges more, uh, you know, it's kind of an in-between between like, uh, maybe more on the, um, the brighter side leaves than on the matured side, you know, you'll have more, uh, kind of citrusy flavors, lemony flavors, those, uh, buttery flavors that are more, um, you know, indicative of those, uh, brighter, uh, Virginias than a more rich, uh, you know, velvet, 
um, you know, a leathery, uh, matured Virginia that that is their vinegary. Uh, you, you get less of that, but um, but a real a real great tobacco, and um, and and you know, Virginia lovers have have fallen in love with with that too. So, um, so three nuns, you know, uh, yeah, over a century of history, and um, gosh, so many um, you know, incredible uh, you know, folks over the years have smoked it and loved it, and uh, man, we highly highly recommend that at least at some point in your tobacco. Um, exploration that you give it a shot. You know, it is interesting because I mean, as you mentioned with the recipe constantly changing, uh, you know, it, it, is, is it even the same tobacco? Well, I mean, it's part of, it's part of a lineage that dates back to so many people, uh, you know, having enjoyed that particular brand. I mean, you know, you think about like, I don't know, sports teams, sports teams have like different players, like, you know, rotate out all the time. The person, you know, the, 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 the team of who do you, the geckos, the, the dogs, the, 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 hot the, dogs. the fighting or, geckos, whatever, right? Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. The, the, the bulldogs that, that John David cheers on whenever they're playing, whatever right. the game is they play. The, the team is totally different from the one that his dad cheered on, you know, years ago, but it's still kind of got this, this lineage that's connected to yep. it, that sort yep. of thing. So from that standpoint, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, if I was say to have a 10, dating back to you know the 40s and even if it was dirt i would want to know i would want to taste every single flake of dirty dirt <laughs> of, of filthy of, course, of filthy matured tobacco i'd want to get the filthiest of flavors out of that tobacco how would i do that bro i want to pull them all up man i want to pull all those flavors out and of course if i was doing that i'd be smoking it on a wonderful quality pipe from that missouri is, mirror shop how is that, that a sponsorship? Is right. i know right <laughs> you want to taste you, you want to find that that tobacco that probably shouldn't be smoked and and know and know fully why you shouldn't smoke it yeah well you want you want the <laughs> or better yet compare it that, to the good stuff and smoke exactly, that out of your Missouri that's Mirsham. right <laughs> man we're so thankful for our friends at missouri Mearsham, of course for sponsoring this show and today we are featuring the washington corn cob pipe it is uh man it, it is a normal average size pipe and it might be the simplest pipe that the folks at missouri Mearsham make it's just a very uh clean cut pipe when you think of a corn cob pipe it is what comes to mind it's got a uh, just a real uh you know nice medium size handsome bowl uh, very, um, you know, stately, not particularly flashy, just very simple. Uh, that uh, hardwood insert in the bottom and a really, uh, you know, attractive black uh, rubber stem. It's just really, um, really a nice pipe. It's got that medium sized bowl. So you have plenty of time to smoke there, you know, in your lunch break or maybe after work or after you put the kids down to bed. But it's not a super, you know, large bowl. So you have to- problems toting it or uh, putting it in your in your pocket or maybe your briefcase or something like that. The perfect pipe really for for your, uh, your glove compartment or your tackle box or, or anything like that. Uh, from Missouri Mearsham, they say the Washington corncob pipe is a step above the ordinary corncob pipe and is part of our series of mid-sized filtered pipes. It's a medium-sized bowl and is available in three shapes, the Fifth Avenue, Rob Roy, or flat. The bowl is double-filled and spray-varnished with a smooth, light-colored finish. It's kind of a nice, uh, you know, light, honey-colored finish. Uh, each bowl comes with a black, bent, or straight bit, uh, uh, and you know, just to kind of complete that complete that appearance. So they only retail for eight ninety nine. Just a really great price point, uh, which is what you expect from Missouri Mearsham pipes. And uh, man, if you're if you're wanting to try some three nuns, or maybe uh, maybe you've tried three nuns but haven't tried the yellow or the green blends, and want to see what that's like, uh, the Washington corn cob pipe would be a great pipe to uh, to check those new blends out. Absolutely. And hey, if you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week. Take a picture when you do. Tweet it out. We love to retweet those. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham 
Grisham know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. <laughs> so how, how do right, we, man? Yeah, you know, we, we, we've got this terrible tobacco that really shouldn't be smoked, but, uh, but I want to taste all the nuances of the terrible tobacco so that, <laughs> so that I, I can prove why I shouldn't be smoking it. Well, you, you obviously want it out of the purest of, uh, you know, smoking, uh, delivery systems. And that of course would be a, a quality pipe from Missouri Mearsham. So I, I think we came full circle and saved, uh, what could have been a, a, a disastrous plug. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question this week coming in from club member Mike. Shout out to Mike for uh, uh, joining the International Country Star Radio Pipe Club. He says, uh, hey guys, I'm hoping you could help me with this question. Uh, I seem to have trouble keeping taller bowls, such as the Missouri Mission General, lit when it gets close to the halfway point. Is there a certain packing technique or tobacco per per se that is better for keeping tall bowls lit? On a side note, he also mentioned that he loves whenever we do tobacco reviews and would love to see more of that. That's great. Mike, thanks so much for the question, man. And I'm I'm glad you're enjoying our tobacco reviews that we uh, occasionally, um, you know, come out with. So, um, yeah. So, you know, every bowl has its quirks, right? <laughs> if you, uh, you know, are smoking tobacco out of a tall bowl, or a, a wide, you know, short bowl, a small or large bowl. I mean, they, they all have kind of their uh, their quirks. One thing with tall bowls is they, um, you, you know, you're not getting as much oxygen necessarily into the bowl um, as you would be with a with a wider, uh, particularly a shorter bowl that, uh, you know, allows more airflow to come in there. And so uh, for some reason, tall, particularly tall, narrow bowls do have the tendency uh, to kind of suffocate themselves. And I've found, uh, you know, that it's 
easier to smoke drier tobaccos out of those bowls, drier tobaccos that maybe have a more consistent cut to the leaf. Uh, and so, you know, if we're talking about, uh, you know, a thick cut uh, or, you know, melange English blend, something that's got a lot of variety in the cuts of leaves where uh, you've got chunky Latakia flakes and medium chopped burleys and ribbon cut Virginias and all this, that that might not be the best tobacco to smoke out of a tall, narrow uh, bowl. You know, that's why I think you see a lot of uh, folks, as we talked about um, a couple weeks ago, reaching for uh, Virginia blends, more homogenous blends to smoke out of uh, those tall kind of narrow bowls. They tend to tend to uh, allow that, uh, you know, to stay lit a little better, enjoy the flavors a little better. Um, so that might be might be one thing. Um, you know, you're, you're more syrupy aromatics. You're probably going to want a little more, uh, you know, space. So maybe the wider bowl would be appropriate for that. Kind of interesting, you know, you're asking this question right on the, uh, you know, kind of tail end of us having, you know, done a show on on some bowl sizes. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think that's a good continuation of that discussion topic. Um, w- one thing, too, you know, I mentioned that the the bowls a lot of times will, you know, the tobacco in the bowl will kind of suffocate itself if it if it's not getting enough oxygen. One thing you can do, uh, and I find myself doing this uh, quite a bit on deeper bowls, is I'll take my pipe tool, uh, whether it's a nail or a check tool or whatever. I'll take the the little scraper, either the either the spoon uh, shovel implement or the little pick implement on my pipe tool, and I'll just kind of gently disturb that top layer of ash while I'm smoking my pipe. And so if I notice, you know, I'm kind of halfway through the bowl and, you know, I'm afraid maybe the pipe is going to go out or uh, suffocate itself. I'll kind of disturb that top layer of ash with it and then gently, uh, you know, dump that ash out into an ashtray while I'm smoking the pipe. And so, you know, the if you've packed it correctly and if you've tamped your pipe correctly, the act of you dumping the tobacco, or the ashes out into an ashtray, the good tobacco that's still left that has not been smoked, if it's packed correctly, you know, is not going to fall out. And so just kind of gently scrape at the top layer of those ashes, tip your pipe over gently, let those ashes fall out, and then, you know, your your bowl will be able to breathe uh, a little easier. So hopefully that, you know, that visual kind of makes sense to you. And I didn't fumble through that uh, too terribly. But um, <laughs> anyway, hopefully that'll help. Love it, man. Of course, uh, Mike, we really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, and again, thank you so much for being a club member and supporting the show. And hey, if you've got a quite pipe question of the week, be sure to send it into us show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. Fire Chris Jones. All right, man. We got a question coming in from Russell Ramirez, who says, uh, "Okay, so these these are all some uh, really good ones. There's a lot of food in here, which is exactly what we need right here." At, at oh, good. Yeah, I know, right? Of course. Before we dump into it, uh, quick fire questions are brought to us by Country Squire Radio T-shirts. What, and they're what? available right. right now. Right now. At, at uh, yeah, and we'll right. talk more about it uh, shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Tacos al pastor or fajitas? Oh man! Now the pastor that is, uh, I, I want to say that's a pork taco. Is that right? Am I, am I getting that right? Mm. I, I think I'm. I think I have to go with fajitas. But uh, but doggone that th- those are those are tight. But I'm a, I'm gonna have to go with fajitas. Yeah, you know, like historically, I would normally say fajitas. I was like, I, you know, growing up, whenever we went to any kind of Mexican restaurant, I was yeah. always getting the fajitas. But man, I've been on like a taco kick lately, and Texas is definitely a good place to be in a taco kick. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with the tacos. Right, I'm gonna go yeah. with the tacos. Yeah. All right, red chilies or green um, chilies? I, mm, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with green. I think. Yeah. I think I'll go with green. They, they uh, you know, even if they are mean, which they're typically a little less mean than red chilies. They're because they're green. They look right. friendlier, and so I, I, you know, 
I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, you know, cringe when I'm putting it in my mouth as much. Does that make sense? Yeah, but see, here's the thing: like, you do get more heat with the red, but I feel like you also get more flavor, so it's like worth it. Like green, I never feel is very worth it because you don't get enough flavor to like. You get the heat, but you don't get the flavor. In my opinion, well, red. It's not easy being green, Bo. So those red chilies probably wouldn't want you either, <laughs> or the gr- the green ones wouldn't want you either. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll be hanging out with my red chilies. Flying spiders or dog-sized uh, slugs? Uh. I, we, um, neither, but if I mean, if, if I'm going to be around one, I, I guess I'd rather it be the uh, the dog sized slug. <laughs> you know, I, I I did some thinking about this before the show as I was putting the uh, you know the show notes together, and this is this is tough because I feel like flying spiders, okay, dog sized slugs, like you'd see them coming, and I would imagine they move the exact same right. speed of a slug, right? Yeah, slugs. So it seems, and you just throw some salt on it. Yeah, you have time. You have time in that case to go get an entire vat of salt and then watch the thing shrivel, which I mean is, is kind of gratifying, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's gross, but I mean it's <laughs> it's easily easy to easy to handle. There's really no threat here. The spiders. It doesn't say anything about the spiders being of any different size. Like it'd be one thing if we're talking giant flying spiders, yeah. but we're just talking flying spiders. And to some extent, that's like a like a wasp or a hornet that sort of deal. Um. I'm going to go with the dog-sized slugs because <laughs> I hate wasps and hornets and I don't want anything else to fly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just against spiders in general. Like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that, that's no, no, no contest to me. Yeah. All right. Flying. All right, so uh, cilantro, yes or no? Uh, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, French press or pour over? Uh, French press. I like a pour over, but I do a French press every day, so I'll go with French press. Okay, I actually uh, I like a French press, but I do a pour over every day, so I'm, I'm gonna go pour over. I uh, put an egg on it, and that is it. That's that is the, it. It, uh, it. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't ask. Put an egg on what? I'm assuming like a hamburger, maybe, or really anything. Put an egg on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go with yeah. Why not? Uh, okay. So I, I'm I'm an, I'm an egg fan. I like eggs. Uh, you know, hard boiled, scrambled, over easy, over medium, not over easy, but over medium. I'm all for it. There's, there's, there's a point with the put an egg on it movement that has gone too far. And I don't know where that point was. I just know that it has crossed that line. You know what I mean? I, back in, uh, back in Bellhaven, back in the, um, uh, neighborhood that, that, uh, I used to reside in actually down the street from, uh, very, very close to where you live, John David. There is a restaurant called The Manship. That's right. And the Manship, fantastic restaurant, delicious food. I've always had a good experience there. Um, they serve a lot of different wood-fired pizzas, and most of them are delicious. But they have one pizza that's like this fungal – what do they call it? I, I it, It's got some weird name, but it's like a mushroom pizza. You but, lost me at fungal. <laughs> well, that really should have been my clue. But, but they, they, they put all these mushrooms on it, but then they put an egg on it. And I actually like the mushrooms and I like eggs, but there's something about like, this just, we're, it's not even like we're going to cook an egg and put it on it. It's like, we're just yep. going to throw an egg on it after we cook it and it, it let the heat cook the egg and it's just, it's wrong. It's yeah. just all kinds I, of, I, I don't, I don't, it'd be hard for me to get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, um, sadly, no, egg. sadly, sadly, no egg. Okay. Um, Give, give me an egg on the side. Put put an egg to the side. That's that's what I want. So there you go. Well, thanks, Russell. These are great uh, quick fire questions. And hey, if you've got some for us, be sure to send it to us at show at countrysquireradio.com. And of course, while you're at countrysquireradio.com, see the links for the sponsors and the pictures of the t-shirts. You want one, right? That's right. 
you can get yourself some Country Squire Radio uh, Swagalicious t-shirts. <laughs> Rockin' the Squire Scallywags. Show your love for piracy and pipe tobacco with the Squire Scallywag. Or give deep introspective thought with the Is This a Pipe? This Is Not a Pipe t-shirt that you could get. Or This Is Not a Podcast t-shirt that you could also get. Uh, as we get all creative up in here. We love... Uh, deep and brooding, yeah. Yeah. No, the great thing is I love uh, people who have bought them and uh, who are out wearing them. You know, we love seeing you guys take the selfies with them and you know, I see, I see the uh, the spread of like, here's all my tobaccos and my and my Country Squire Radio T-shirts. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so get them, wear them, uh, rock them. We love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback. Here we go, Corey Reader. I know Corey writes in, he says, Hey guys, love the collection of memories episode. He says, I appreciate, I appreciated the nostalgia and even the stories of the shop before John David bought it. It's hard to imagine it struggling with sales, isn't it? Keep the, keep the nostalgic memories coming. Thanks. And that is from Corey reader. Um, yeah. yeah, man, the, uh, the collection of memories that, you know, I think we mentioned it in that episode when we kind of, um, when we, back when we recorded it, but you know, that was the, the concept of that series dates back to the earliest days of Country Squire Radio. And it's one that we did. We did two episodes of it within that first year. And then we kind of put it to the side because I think we thought nobody would care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you know, we, we kind of reopened it, uh, kind of to almost test it out and see what uh, people thought of it. And so yeah. getting that kind of feedback is actually really, really helpful. So no, thank you for is. that, Corey. Glad, glad you enjoyed it. That's great. Uh, next one comes from Pastor Joda. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, read this one, John David. Okay, read I'm this gonna, one. I'm going to read this. I'm going to take my medicine here. We, we say, mm. uh, Pastor Joe, duh, he says, uh, I'm somewhat embarrassed. Uh, and, and you'll, we're, we're hearkening back to a comment from uh, Pastor Joda uh, from, I, I believe it was last week, maybe the week before. Yeah, yeah, it was and, last uh, week. Was and last uh, week. Uh, we're, we're, where I was correcting Bo, but I shouldn't have because Bo actually was was correct, and sometimes that happens uh, yeah. in, in spite of his best efforts. So. Yeah, no, read it. Read what the pastor said. Read what the pastor said. <laughs> I'm Come somewhat on, embarrassed at the amount of airtime my username is taking up, but alas, let me provide one final clarification. It is pronounced Joda uh, <laughs> because, well, my name is Joe, so maybe just call me Pastor Joe. Uh, I, I assure you, Pastor Joe, there's no chance that Bo York is going to just call you Pastor Joe from now on. Never again. No. Um, so maybe just call me Pastor Joe. I can't let this moment pass, however, without formally congratulating Bo on a proper name pronunciation. <laughs> yes. May, may you revel in this victory for weeks to come. Uh, to John David's credit, I poorly explained the pronunciation in my prior email by saying sounds like Yoda and leaving out with a J. Uh, his, his take on the J making the Y sound is quite nice, though, and certainly is comp- a compelling approach. But no, I'm not quite that cool <laughs> and suave. as a pastorly uh, way to be I, like, you were know, wrong, right? but, but let me affirm you. As At I, least as affirm I, you. Like, we're going to be you. <laughs> in, that, in that country squire way of like, yeah. you know, patting you on your back saying, no, Puddin', you didn't get it right. <laughs> oh, man, this, that stuff is great. He says, uh, man, uh, but no, I'm uh, not quite that cool and suave as to pronounce it that way. Uh, thanks for addressing my follow-up question about cuts and bowl shapes. Have a great week. And that is from Pastor Joda. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Pastor Joda. We we really appreciate that, brother. And uh, 
love that. <laughs> love that uh, <laughs> uh, affirmation for John David in the correctiveness and also the uh, the praise of me getting it right. So I appreciate that. <laughs> We've also loved getting any and all feedback from you guys. So if you haven't done so already, head over to iTunes, write us a review. It's a great way to support the show and it doesn't cost a dime to do it. But if you are willing to spend a few dimes to help make this show happen, head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio where you too can join the country squire radio international pipe club and again as i mentioned at the top of the show this is a great week to do it because if you do it now you get some uh like more immediate type of access to the squire lounge and your digital card and that sort of thing so uh beat me to the punch Again, that is patreon.com slash country squire radio. We'd love to have you as a member there. Also, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me online. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. And of course, all that information and more can be found at country squire radio.com. Well, man, we got a chance to like dive deep a little bit and get some history on uh, three nuns, man. That was a, that's a blast. Yeah, that's right. It was good. Yeah. It kind of um, has inspired me to, man, crack open some of these, uh, you know, three nuns tins that I've been sitting on for a while. It's one of those tobaccos that does age pretty well. And so, uh, you know, occasionally you like to like to pop a can of those open. You start thinking about them and you're like, man, I, I don't know. I bet those flavors are doing something good now. They're probably not to the dirt level yet. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think this afternoon uh, they might they might uh, just just be the right fit. So this uh, might be the time, man. That's man. good. And, you know, it's great. You know, of course, we, we mentioned a lot about Lewis, but uh, Tolkien, of course, also uh, someone who enjoyed the uh, the three nuns. And I probably should have mentioned this, you know, during kind of the the, the main portion of the show. But, of course, We've got a special deep dive coming on Tolkien in the very, very near future. So uh, those of you who uh, felt like there should have been a little bit more Tolkien representation if we're going to talk about Three Nuns, don't worry. There's going to be a lot of Tolkien talk coming very, very soon here uh, in the month of May as the new uh, documentary, not documentary, I guess it's like a biographical um, movie about Tolkien's life is coming. So we love talking Tolkien and look forward to talking that with you in the near future, man. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's go have a day. All right, brother. See you. listening to country squire radio a member of the pottery network for more information on this and other shows please visit pottery.com As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.